on, my man. How are we doing? You feel that that dog day grind yet? Oh my god! I I will say my energy level on day three <laughs> was significantly lower than days one and two. Like we said, day day one has that first day of school vibe and yeah. football, and it's exciting. But third straight day of uh of the of the um you know no the pads, pads. yeah te- teaching day and going through the same exercises ish you know kind of a continuation of red zone work from days one and two a little bit of special team some punting you know punt return stuff not a lot again out there you know you get to see some battle drills a little bit between uh receivers and cornerbacks uh but for the most part, I mean, extremely, extremely light. You got one more of these tomorrow. We'll see what they cover. And then Monday, it begins in earnest with some pads and this and that. But again, you know, can you overreact to some of the things you see on the field? Probably you can, but you shouldn't. But again, uh, placement, who is where, who's doing what. There's a few of those things that I think are worth talking about. We're going to today on the Patriots Beat podcast talk about um some of the stuff we've seen from the tight ends, return of the tight, two tight end offense, yep. what we envisioned to start last year. Could we be seeing a rebirth of it or kind of a let's you know, take two uh, in, in, in uh, with uh, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith and what we expected out of them last year? Uh, more shuffling in the defensive backfield. Some definitely interesting things to talk about. Uh, Bill Belichick more and more and more involved in the offense uh, as time goes on. So definitely stuff to talk about. But I guess let's start with like the highlight player of the day and somebody who is clearly a person of interest because of the massive contract he signed. He's their number one guy. They go out and they get him in free agency last year on day one, Jonu Smith, with this yep. notion of what he's going to become in this offense, this jackknife, you know, Swiss Army knife sort of guy who's going to get the ball in his hands in a million different places and do a bunch of different things. And maybe one of the biggest surprises to me last year was – Jonu Smith being as ineffective as he was. I, I didn't see it coming. I figure Bill Belichick goes and gets a guy like that. He knows exactly what he's going to do with them. And all year long, it was perfectly clear that they had no idea what to do with Jonu Smith. So early, uh, you know, these, these days, and particularly on Friday, he was involved. He looked good. He made a couple really good contested catches, one kind of spinning back shoulder uh, with Kyle Duggar in coverage. Um, Looking good. Again, it's early, but this is the type of thing when you talk about how can this offense turn into something that people are going to be excited about. I, I think these two Titans doing something close to what we thought they were going to do last year would be a huge, uh, you know, uh, step in the right direction. Sure. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think when you talk about John o. Smith today specifically, it is very easy to say, well, let's let's pump the brakes, non-padded, blah, blah, blah. One of the big caveats we tend to throw on these things is, well, who's he going against? Well, Jonu Smith beat Kyle Duggar twice. And I don't, it, especially the highlight catch of the day was, it was Jonu Smith. It was in sevens early on in red zone. Yep. Jonu Smith's coming across the end line. And Mack, it was a beautiful ball for Mack too. Another great chemistry throw. There's been a ton of those from him throughout camp. Just kind of puts it up and outside, leads him up. Jonu Smith goes up over Kyle Duggar, over his head, comes back down, gets his feet in. I don't even think he got knocked out of bounds on the play. Uh, maybe if there's pads on, he does. But, like, that was a real big boy catch over a good safety in Kyle Duggar. And I I know I see the comment right there. I actually don't agree with that. I think Kyle Duggar's been good at the catch point. When he gets there, it's more of a timing thing. He looks but... a little lost, actually, uh, at times. It's not the catch point. He's uh, he's he's looked like he's gotten lost in coverage a few times. But uh, well, so that's... that's what I'm saying. Sometimes he's a little slow getting to the catch point. When yeah. he gets there, he's very good. I, uh, the one today, I'll say. takes over there, but yeah, right. Right. 
the one today I'll say it was non-padded. Maybe he really didn't want to go up in Muslim and all that. But to yeah. what you were saying with like the two tight end offense and all of that, right? My first thought when they had, you know, the getting rid of the fullback comments from Jakob Johnson, that was right where my mind went was, well, this is going to free up a lot of two tight end opportunities. And it may be traditional two tight ends, right? One guy on each side of the line or one guy in line, one line slot. The other thought I had was, and, and this leads to, you know, we've heard since the spring, the Shanahanization of the offense, right? right. Maybe John U. Smith isn't a tight end tight end. Maybe he's more that H back. Yeah, exactly. Something like Kyle Juszczyk because his best skill set to me where he's at his best. And look, he makes some really athletic acrobatic catches down the field. But I think where John U. Smith is at his best is you get him the ball in space. It can be at the line of scrimmage, but you get him the ball in space and just let him create with the ball in his hands. We talked a lot about the third down backs yesterday, John, with Mike Giardi. It's that same kind of thing just from a tight end. And something I think is really interesting that could unlock him. You mentioned being surprised last year with his lack of production. If you go back and you watch the shows that me and the former host of this podcast did leading into that free agency, there was a lot of debate between John Smith or Hunter Henry, which tight end should they sign? And part of the reason I was high on Hunter Henry was, under Josh McDaniels, especially those last couple of years, they had trouble just figuring out how to use scheme touch guys. I'll use Nikhil Harry's name. That wasn't the only issue with Nikhil Harry, but that was part of it. He was a scheme touch guy, and they struggled to figure out ways to get the ball in his hands. Or Daryl Patterson, I thought they did some, but they maybe scratched the surface of the player he really could have been in New England. Jonu Smith is another scheme touch guy, so... I'm not saying they got rid of Josh McDaniels to figure out John Smith. They didn't get rid of Josh McDaniels. He took a better job. No, but, but start thinking he who must not he who must not be named. You know, you go back to Aaron Hernandez. I think that's right. the name that people threw out there with Johnu. And that and that wasn't McDaniels. Remember, that was Bill O'Brien. I just that's wonder not if maybe yeah. right a new mind, a new you know offense, something like that. I wonder if that's going to do a lot so, for John, because I think McDaniels just might have had some sort of mental block there. So that's exactly right. And I, I, and I, I, I heard a couple of people talking about this today, and it's an interesting conversation to have. Belichick brought him in. He's the guy who gave him the money. He's the guy who targeted him early, right out of the gate, free agency. That's the guy I want. He gave him to McDaniels and said, look at this shiny new toy, make it work. And you're right. Whether it's a block or McDaniels had a different idea, whatever it was, it didn't work. Now with Bill Belichick as uh, heavily involved in the offense as he is, you start to think, is he very much thinking about how am I get, now is he implementing whatever it was that he saw in Smith when he, uh, when he gave him that contract in free agency last year uh, and it, how much it's going to kind of play itself out with whoever is ultimately calling right. the plays. We assume Matt Patricia is like, here's how you use Janu. Let me kind of set the template. I'll, I'll give you the blueprint and then let's kind of roll from here. Right. He's and and I think John Smith's a really good player when he plays to his strengths. That's the case with a lot of players. There's very few guys who are just across the board good, right? I think John Smith is a player who's really good when he plays to his strengths, but under Josh McDaniels in the old Patriots offense, he didn't have a ton of opportunities to do that. As they rework this offense, like you said, they've made this investment in him. Now they happen to be reworking the offense. Well, you would think that part of that rework, a guy who's still here for three more years and is making a lot of money over the next three years, you'd think that that's a guy they would not, you know, totally build it around, not make him the focal point, but make sure that his skill set is considered when they kind of put together this new thing they're putting together. Yep. Um, so John, who definitely there, Hunter Henry continues to kind of do Hunter Henry sort of things, um, yep. which 
uh, you know, and again, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I don't think you're getting explosive plays out of um, uh, out of Henry, but you know what you got last year and some of the touchdown catches and uh, you know you're seeing that again he's getting open he's making the catches so nice to see both tight ends kind of pop today um other observations i wanted to talk about um you know we mentioned duggar a little bit i i kind of dovetails into it um he hasn't looked awesome in coverage uh so far this year and we've talked about in the first couple episodes here uh that uh you know, making him up, you know, he's more ideally suited as a sort of a box safety here. Right. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen there. What I do know is, um, you know, with, you know, and again, this is where the kind of defensive shuffling comes in, you know, with a little bit of injury comes some sort of opportunity. You had uh, Devin McCourty probably took a veteran rest day. He missed today. Um, and in his place, Bledsoe kind of runs with the ones there. That's someone who we saw yesterday having terrific success uh, defending the tight ends. You wonder kind of if some roles might shift here. Sure. The one thing I'll say with Duggar and, and feel free to call this a cop out. If you want, we can revisit it next week. He's such a physical player. I, 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 if he's struggling like this with the pads on, I'll put more stock into it, right? I'll say, okay, maybe there's something going on here. Maybe he's hit some sort of wall. Uh, until then, I just think he can't really play the way he wants to play right now. He can't play his game right now. So I'm, I'm maybe not as worried as some, but Joshua Bledsoe has looked good. And he's a similar kind of player. So if Duggar doesn't turn around, I think he'll, when the pads come on, he'll be fine. But if this does continue to be an issue, he does have somebody pushing him. Another interesting thing, just while we're on this, you mentioned Devin McCourty kind of taking that veterans day. He was more of an observer today. Marcus Jones got some run at safety in, in the slot too. In place yeah. of John Jones. So, yeah. Well, so he's gotten a ton of run in the slot. Today's yeah. the first time I really but saw him. He was him running in. with the ones I thought at the, uh, in the slot position. Yeah. Well, he, so he has been because Jonathan Jones and Miles Bryant are both right. out. Jonathan Jones on PUP, Miles Bryant's on NFI. But when they drafted Marcus Jones, or even before they drafted Marcus Jones, when we were talking about his potential fit, I brought him up as a guy who could maybe eventually be a deep, deep safety for this team. And look, Devin McCourty, love him. He's still a great player, but he's not getting any younger. And they don't necessarily have an immediate heir apparent in that role on the roster. It's a very important role. And, you know, when I brought up Marcus Jones, people talk about, well, he's too small. Is he not a good enough tackler for that spot? And those are fair concerns. But the fact he's getting looks there, I think he's looked excellent at slot corner through three days. He's probably been the best rookie so far. And it's early, but through sure. three days training camp, yeah. I think it has the best rookie. He's been great in the slot. I sort of expected that. I expect him to compete in the slot. Maybe not be this good, but compete. Yeah, the no, I, I think it's fair. Deep safety is very interesting to me because I wonder if his long-term role is in the slot or if they maybe see him as a guy who can not only contribute there, but maybe be a guy who at least helps fill that role when Devin McCourty moves on in a year or two. Um, question here. I'll just throw it out there because we talk about it. The assumption here, John Jones, who'd been um, such a terrific slot corner when he was healthy, uh, injured last year, still on the pup here. Can you move him around if you did find some other combinations here? Uh, you know, I, I, I know he's ideally suited to play there, but could you see him playing outside if needed, especially on this team where you don't really have the traditional, you know, kind of, uh, outside cornerbacks as you, uh, you know, as, as you're used to in the past. I think he could, if he really needed, if you really needed him to my two concerns with that one size, if you're moving him to the outside, sure. it's to guard bigger receivers. He's not the biggest guy. That's not his game. And that kind of leads into my second concern. I just, he's so good in the slot. I just think you're shortchanging yourself to take him out of there. Like I think even if Marcus Jones ends up kind of panning out here, he's still a rookie. There's still going to be some things he's learning. 
I think the drop-off in the slot isn't worth it. I think at that point, if you're looking to kind of get creative that way, Sean Wade is a traditional slot corner. They can move outside. They have moved outside at right. points in camp, and I think he's looked good. He had a pass breakup today uh, in that role. I I would even look at you know maybe moving Miles Bryant outside first because he is smaller like Jonathan Jones, but he's got a great compete level, and he played outside in college. He's not that far removed, right? So I, you know, again, could he do it? Yes. I think you create more problems than, than the problem you're trying to solve if that's the route you go to find No, and I think corner. if you're looking at help on the outside, it really depends whether he makes the team or not. But I think uh, Butler, uh, it was kind of your extra guy who you, you'd end up right. putting out there. I, again, I know he's run with the scouts. He has, or he's run, you know, you haven't seen him kind of out there. I watched him a little bit in battle drills. This is just my personal observation. He looks like a similar to the type of guy that he was before plays yeah. more physical than his size would let you be, lead you believe. I saw him in one battle drill with Thornton just absolutely worked. Just Thornton couldn't get anywhere on him. Same thing using his hands, pushing off tightly contested. I'm curious what we get out of Butler. What I will say is through three days. And again, the caveat, no pads, no pads. The no pads should really benefit the offense. I'd say the most surprising, pleasantly surprising thing we've seen here is the defensive backfield and how some of these guys look here. And I think Jalen Mills yep. has been awesome uh, yes. and like looks like a number one corner. But if you're going to get a little geek, you're not going to get geeked up about Mac throwing touchdown passes in seven on sevens with guys wearing, you know, oven mitts on their hands. Like that's hard to, because you're right. There's no, they're not physical there, but the fact that the defense has been competitive two days in a row, they certainly won the day yesterday. I'd call today a toss up and the way that the D backs have played and covered that's pretty, that I think that's the biggest, you know, pleasant surprise of camp so far. Yeah. You mentioned Jalen Mills. I mean, the only guy that's given him trouble has been Devonte Parker. And when I say he's given him trouble, I mean, it's some of these, chemistry box outs back shoulder throws that like the corner you just it's just executed at such a high level yesterday was good coverage right right yeah parker great throw terrific coverage by mills there's nothing you can do there you just kind of right i think there's really little room to say if any to say well jalen mills could have done this better that better through three days again the pads caveat of course but He's if you talk about like who do they need to take the biggest growth this year from where they were last year, Max obviously number one on the list because he's the quarterback, so that's not really right. fair. I, but you know, behind him, I would say it's either Jalen Mills or John Smith, depending on how you look at it. But if you argued that Jalen Mills outside of quarterback is the guy that needs, needs to take the biggest leap, you're not going to get any disagreement from me. I think that that's a really solid argument. And very early on, the indication is that that kind of leap may be coming, yeah. And again, you know for the in bill we trust crowd you know you let jc jackson go uh you don't go out there and sign or draft anybody and it's like what are we doing here and then you know sometimes they say we have faith with the of the guys we have in the room similar with the linebacker position and then right. they go out there and they don't or sometimes they go out there and it's like oh yeah nope Totally had it figured out. These guys can play. So far, early going, you definitely like what you see out of that group, particularly the guys who've been kind of, like we said, thrust in there just based off of opportunity, who have looked uh, looked good, both in Marcus Jones and Bledsoe. And we're not even talking about Dak Jones, who right now was kind of the preseason dark horse favorite to possibly supplant um, one of the incumbent starters entering camp as a starting cornerback on the outside there. So that group definitely looking better um, than we thought it would look. Uh, other things we wanted to talk about, and Alex, you can direct me uh, if you want to go there, but 
uh, uh, for stuff here. We, we talked about, you know, other minor notes, David Andrews, yeah. Jake Bailey, both returned. Um, yeah. Nothing great there. You mentioned catch of the day. Well, I'll uh, say Bailey looked really good. He was a little down last well, year. Was I, 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 he I'm not really going to let today. you do punter this early, this early. It's still the 5.29 second hang time, John. He had one muffed as well. He he was on today. He was I was going to give you your punter minute. I was going to give it to you a little later, <laughs> okay. but I wanted, no, 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 no. It's fine. All right, real quick, we want to take a pause and tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market odds and lines. And of course, the Patriots Beat Podcast and the entire CLNS Media Network is powered by Bet Online. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. They have it all. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our code CLNS50 to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, the code is CLNS50. Receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Couple things we wanted to focus on, and yeah. I, I think I think this is will cross promote a little bit here. I believe you had Doug Kide on your podcast uh, for yes. 98.5. Is that correct? Yep. yep. Just put that up 98.5 thesportshub.com. So you guys should check that out. Alex Barth's podcast over on 98.5. Also, all of his written material there as he's covering training camp for 98.5 Sports Hub at uh, 98.98.5.com. So definitely check that stuff out. But um, the receiver picture we. We're trying to guess day one. I, I think I put Alex on the spot. Tell me the three guys that you think are going to uh, pop. And the reason I mentioned Doug Kite is he has something on uh, Trey Nixon, who I know is kind of a dark horse candidate and people have their eye on. But first, I want to focus on the uh, the, the the three receivers here and who we yep. think they would go there. And you have, you know, the incumbents in Aguilar and Jacoby Myers and, uh, and of course, Kendrick Bourne, you're bringing in Devontae, and then you have the rookie in Taekwon. And then who knows, Trey Nixon is kind of battling a whole group of people there to possibly make the roster. Um, you were guessing Myers was safe, you know, in kind of if they were starting two wide, three wide. You've kind of changed your thinking a little bit after three days. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, if, if and it's if there's a lot of time for things to change, but the early odd man out, and that's a term we're going to use a lot over the next month, month and a half when talking about the receivers. The odd man out early is Jacoby Myers. I mean, I don't know if him or Mac made the blunder today. Mac's first interception of camp, uh, seven on sevens. It, it was a simple, short concept. And I think what Mac was expecting Jacoby Myers to do, this was out of the slot. I think he was expecting him to run out, you know, diagonally five yards and just sit down on that route, right? Turn around and get the ball. And it's an anticipation route. Jacoby instead gets it off his route, breaks toward the sideline. Mac hits Jalen Mills right in the number. I mean, it was so right to him that even though he's wearing those boxing training pads, he still caught the ball and made the interception. Um, yeah. You know, it's not, again, we don't know. We don't know what the call was. We you don't, don't know. Who, know who, but well, I was watching Mac and immediately he threw his arms up. Like, what are we doing here? So whether well, or not it was supposed to be that way, he was certain Myers was supposed to be somewhere so, else. Right. We don't know who screwed up, but somebody screwed up. But the point is, it's like, you got Ken, um, you got Devontae Parker, who's making the catch of the day, you know, pretty much every day through three days. You've got Kendrick Bourne, who clearly has some extra level of chemistry with Mac Jones. He's looked good. I think Nelson Aguilar's had an under-the-radar strong start to camp. I think if Parker's not doing what he's doing, we're talking a lot more about what Nelson Aguilar has done. And then you have Jacoby Myers, and this was really the first time he's popped one way or the other was this interception today. 
And, you know, for a guy in a contract year, the other three guys are all signed. It's kind of interesting that he's sort of falling back. And then Trey Nixon, you know, talking to Doug, all the work he's put on the put in this offseason, the way he's positioned himself. He's now getting more involved in special teams. He was uh, helping on kickoff return yesterday. He was returning punts today. One of the two main punt returners, along with Marcus Jones. Jacoby's a slot guy. There's not a ton of versatility there. He's going to play in the slot. Trey Nixon's a slot guy as well, almost a pure slot guy. So it's, I'm not saying that Trey Nixon has supplanted Jacoby Myers, the Patriots slot receiver through three days, but there is a little pressure now on Jacoby and he hasn't necessarily hit the level that those other three guys have hit through three days. Again, you're talking floor versus ceiling and Jacoby's been right. a, you know, a very high floor guy uh, and, and a very dependable receiver when, uh, you know, other people who, the Patriots might have been expecting more from faltered over the past couple of years, whether it be Aguilar or Nikhil Harry or whomever, what have you. So Myers stepped up. Great. I think everybody, I think everyone loves the Jacoby Myers story. I think uh, he's certainly been dependable, but again, you're really looking at ceiling versus floor and a guy like Nixon. um, And again, I know you mentioned you spoke to Kide about, um, you know, it's the speed. The speed is what's enticing there. And this is a guy who, um, you know, according to Doug in his article here, spent the entire offseason working out with Gabriel, now Gabe Davis, uh, with the Buffalo Bills, um, who's expected to have a monster breakout season, uh, you know, uh, there on that, you know, super dynamic offense as the number two behind Stefan Diggs. Um, but, you know, just a lot of things about working out, studying Edelman, studying those guys and working that. And that's something that, like, you know, the Patriots – lack you can actually really see it in these red zone drills you you have two tight ends who are not traditional red zone type of go up and get it tight ends you talk about why they struggle you haven't really had a receiver who's been able to do um you know things in the red zone uh you're seeing more of it from parker and you haven't really had that guy who runs those awesome edelman amandola pivot routes to be able to get open right there at the goal line and nixon seems to have the physical and jacoby's not that guy he's just not quick enough um he's a solid possession receiver he's not a yak guy and again if you're talking about a team that doesn't push the ball downfield that much you got to get it in people's hands and have them do stuff so again a person like Nixon with his profile if he were able to put it together would be someone that would make sense here can he I don't know but I think you know nothing personal against Jacoby but I think everyone based off of what Nixon can do with his with with his speed um they'd like to see him emerge yeah, and I think it's something that, you know, going back to Mac at Alabama and people who watch the show have heard me pound the table for this for months now, the speed slot, right? A guy who can run some of those Edelman routes like you talked about. And in talking to Doug, he said, watching Trey Nixon, he seems like the smoothest route runner on the team, but can also give you some slot fades, some slot goes, some slot posts. We saw him make an incredible catch back in the spring in minicamp, 35, 40 yards down the field on a slot post beating, jo- I, I think it was Jonathan Jones. I there's they can just do some different things right again like you said with Jacoby he's gonna go out seven yards find the hole in the zone sit down and make the catch yeah and that's look there's a ton of value in having that guy in the right offense when you had Tom Brady there was a ton of value in that guy the way this offense is structured especially if they're going to do more of the Shanahan stuff you need a guy who's going to give you something a little bit you know a little bit more after the catch. And that's Nixon. Again, I wouldn't say he's supplanted Myers yet. Myers is still a very good receiver. He's a, yeah. I think 800 yard, 900 yard receiver last year. And there's still certainly a role for him on this team, but it's just, again, we, we, the odd man out, right. They have four wide receivers or, or five receiver locks. 
really only three can can play a lot. Really only two can be starters. Uh, two or three can be starters. So there's going to be one or two guys who are the odd man out. And right now it just feels like Jacoby Myers is a step behind Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, and Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, yeah, no, I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't doubt that. Uh, and you, as you said, Aguilar has been a little sneaky. You're not seeing a ton because everybody's talking about the new guy. You know, Parker's kind of stolen right. all the headlines. And then, of course, you've got Thornton uh, with a ton of eyes on him. Uh, you know, this year and again we speculated this earlier, you know, a Foxborough flu situation where Thornton could theoretically, if they deem that he's not ready, could get some sort of medical redshirt this year, thus opening up an extra role where you have Myers and Nixon potentially on this team. And then you kind of see what happens. I wouldn't be stunned if that happened. I, I, I really wouldn't. Again, we'll see how Tyquan right. progresses. But again, given the fact that I think they do want him to put a little meat on his bones, take another year or so, and maybe kind of figure stuff out, that wouldn't be too shocking to me. Well, Thorns Thorns looked good to this point. He looks really smooth when he moves. He you know, does. Funny. I heard I heard Doug say that about Nixon. I actually felt that way about Tyquan Thornton. Not just the straight line speed, the way he gets in and out of his brakes and changes direction. But he, I mean, he's really one of those. You know, towards uh, I'm actually I have a list right here. I'm going to be writing for 98.5 The Sports Hub. Uh, tomorrow who are the players to watch the most who have the most to stake when the pads come on Tyquan Thornton's on that list because then you really get into the lack of size the lack of muscle how can he compete so he's it, it's going to be really interesting to see you know if he continues to pop when the pads come on it changes this whole picture I think right now we're all working on at least somewhat of a, a, an assumption of somewhat of a red shirt year if he comes out and he's dominating coverage when the pads are on Buckle up because things get very different. Now, all of a sudden, he's a potential top two guy. Yeah, different story today. He talked today. He sounds he sounds pretty, you know, he sounded pretty confident. And again, so much of it yeah. with, with him. He gets it. He gets it. I I, yeah. I, I like I like kind of his ma- I, I like his makeup, you know, um, so far. And I like what I've seen from him. But you're right. No player uh, on the offensive side. We will learn more about Thornton when the pads come on than almost any other player on the team, because it's really right. going to come down to, you know, can he get off the line really is what it comes to, what it's going to come down to, or is he just going to get absolutely manhandled um, by corners? And again, you know, I won't say the Patriots don't have physical corners. They do have some physical corners. They're just not the biggest guys. And if he's getting his butt kicked, uh, going off the line against, you know, your Millses and your Jones and guys who are six feet and under, uh, yeah, it might be a bit of an uphill climb for him this year. People will laugh at me for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. There's one corner on the team. He's not going to track Tyquan Thornton down the field. The one thing he does very well, he's a big guy. He does give, he can get in a receiver's jersey at the line, and that's Juwan Williams. Again, yep. if if Tyquan gets off the line, that's pretty much it for Juwan Williams. But that's a head-to-head I'd like to see. Because like you said, you know, the Patriots, they don't have a ton of these big press sure. guys. They usually do. So in my mind, I go to, all right, well, who's the biggest press corner? Who's the strongest press corner he's going to face? It's Juwan Williams, maybe by default, but it is. So that'll be an interesting matchup to watch. Ju- Ju- and Juwan Williams is 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 just one notch above me on the depth chart right now. So I don't know exactly what we're going to see from yeah, him. Yeah, maybe that says more about the corners than anything else. But it, no, just like when you said that, my mind instantly went to, because it's a good point, right? You know, we got to see him get off against some press. Yeah. So my mind goes to, all right, who's the biggest guy he's going to have to shuck off of him? Unless, you know, Jabril Peppers comes back and plays some outside corner, which he might. It, I mean, by default, it's Sean Williams. He's the biggest guy, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and you're right. And that's the kind of yeah. like go out there and beat the crap out of him because I want to see what the kid can do. Right. Exactly. And, and, yeah. Yeah. And and it's almost kind of like, right, it's it, it's, you know, 
he is the he is the prototype in terms of that in that type of thing. Is like, can you beat a guy with his size and his physicality? Uh, yeah, that would be interesting to see. Couple quick hits, just want to whip around here, and we're not going to linger too too long today because, as we said, third straight day without a ton of stuff going on. Uh, we did mention Bill Belichick was calling the plays again in the eleven on elevens. Um, that's yeah. interesting to see again. And Joe, I just, Joe Judge got a session too. Yeah, and Joe Judge, and again, Joe Judge was in there a little bit yesterday, so it's still a bit of a rotation, but it's clearly an all-hands-on-deck sort of situation right now in the early going, though we still clearly believe that Patricia is most likely going to be the guy um, when it all comes down to it, but Belichick is insanely involved. Again, you've got receivers talking about him again today um, that they love having him there. You know, like, this is awesome. Right. Like, we love this attention for Bill. We never get it. He's always with the other guys, and we'd be with Josh, and, you know, Bill didn't even know our names, and now he's in there, he's in the huddle, and he's talking to us, and we're getting the love. I do think they appreciate that. Again, there's there's nothing, not just appreciate it, nothing but good things can come of uh, Bill Belichick being more involved in one facet of a game. Um, so, right. it's it's a good thing to see uh, in the early going. Other quick hitters I wanted to mention, you said catch of the day was um, uh, John New. I actually am going to give it, I might go throw of the day. Uh, Bailey Zappi to uh, Ty Montgomery. That was a nice throw. Was beautiful. And that was Um, a bounce back throw too. Yeah, yeah. And and Zappi, who's been inaccurate and, and, you know, a a little bit loose, a little bit wild uh, with it in the early going. That was great. What is interesting, and again, we're not really sure why why it is, um, but uh, Brian Hoyer, who was there but didn't play yesterday, just wasn't there at all today. We don't really have anything going on there. So I don't want to speculate, but just something to kind of keep an eye on. Yeah, I just kind of assumed Veterans Day off for him, right? Maybe. It's been... Every it's time the two, Zappi... it's the two straight days. That's why I was. That's why I was curious. Yeah, he, that's he was, true. He was around and then not around at all today. No, we didn't see him. I just feel like every time Zappy throws, everybody up on that hill is looking at me because I was. I've you know people know I love Bailey Zappy. I love Bailey Zappy since October. Yeah. Uh, he's been hit and miss. I mean, there's been. I, I think he's really trying to. You know, the knock on him. It was similar to Mac. Does he have that extra oomph on his arm to get the throws in there? And I thought last year Mac kind of played that tentatively. Bailey Zappi's kind of attacked it the opposite way. I he's think he's really it. seeing what he can get away. He's really yeah. seeing what he can get away with. And th- to mix results, like you said, the throw to Ty Montgomery, that was a needle. He had another one to Devin Asiasi. He, he threaded through two linebackers. It was a beautiful throw. And it came right after an interception, too, on a similar play. So showing a short memory and an ability to bounce back. But, yeah, he's been, he's been interesting to watch. It's not quite what I expect. I thought he was going to be more timid. I thought he was going to be more of a check down guy. But he's really come out and pushed it. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just kind of been surprising. Yeah. Uh, but again, that throw, beautiful kind of back pylon fade uh, over Sean Wade there. Uh, really good throw, really good catch. Montgomery's a guy who I do think is interesting. I continue to keep an eye on um, there, you know, working mainly with the backs, but I mean, you know, still listed as a receiver, an interesting guy here. And again, we have to see how things shake out with some of the other guys on the roster. I just keep keeping an eye on, um, on, on Stevenson. And I'm really just kind of really taken by just how much quicker and and agile he looks. And you can just see him continue to work into the passing game there. Um, Other thing you mentioned before I give you your little punters minute, uh, fun, more fun from Bill today. And again, the the fans here who aren't there and you want to know observations, um, that's kind of it. You know, like things we always talk about with Bill because it is interesting is, um, you know, what's he doing? Um, And hold on one second. What's he, what's he doing? What's he, uh, you know, what's the type of mood right now? The mood has been, 
really complimentary of a bunch of different players, kind of lighter, um, you know, here, lighter practices. And you got the little fun kind of moments here where the the punt drills and, you know, people trying to catch them and, and blah, blah, blah. And that was, you know, those are always fun to see. Yeah, so what the drill was, and this is a, a college thing. I I've never seen the Patriots do it. So at the end of practice, they all lined up. Like, they, they formed a tunnel across the fields, offense on one side, defense on the other. Jake Bailey was punting to Trey Nixon and Marcus Jones, and it feels like those are probably the two leaders for the punt return job right now. At least, you know, I, I would put Jabril Peppers in there too, but he's obviously on PUP. And so what it is is you catch the first punt, and then you go again, but you you still have the ball from the first punt. So then, you know, you get two and then what do you do? And it was, you know, how many do you get up to? I've seen videos of college players getting up to seven. Uh, They both got up to five, but Marcus Jones started putting the ball under his Jersey. I don't think that counts. I think you're supposed to hold it. No, you can't tuck it. You got to hold it. You can hold it, but you can't put it in your jersey. Like I see guys, that, right? You can't no. tuck it away. No, I've seen guys put it between their legs and kind of like waddle around to field it. Um, but they both got to five, and then they had Cole Strange go against Demarcus Mitchell. I don't know. Did you see the second one that Cole Strange caught? No, it was actually like wildly athletic. So again, yeah. he's already holding one football, and this was Jake Julian for for that second round, and he put it like into the crowd where the offensive linemen were standing. So strangers to he had to run like 30 yards. He had to maneuver around all these players and find his way without bumping into anybody. And then again, he had to catch it one handed and he did it. He fell down, but he did it. It was actually like, he's a great athlete. Say what you will about Cole strange, really good athlete. So that, that, that was cool to see. That was fun. Um, the, the offense won the session. So I don't know they might get a night off or something, but uh, that was a, a fun. It was, it was a college like sort of thing to see them do that. Yeah. And and that's good. Again, in these early days when you're again not really trying to grind and not with and the pads aren't on here. Um, good to see that. But Bill has been um Bill's been happy, Bill, these these few days. You haven't gotten surly Bill um really in any of the press conferences and uh you know, just the way that he's gone about it so far. Uh, it's always fun to see that. Uh, Alex, leftover thoughts here before we get to Jake the your your Jake Bailey stuff. <laughs> um so market like kind of from that, just from that take, I think Trey Nixon is the punt returner as a potential punt returner is interesting. I go back to what I talked about yesterday at the end of the show, right with him and in little Jordan Humphrey playing some on kickoff coverage and, and as Upman on returns, he needs to play special teams to make the roster. And we just kind of gushed about how he might push Jacoby Myers. It's not going to happen if he's not contributing in the kicking game. So if he can be the punt returner, I mean, that's obviously a huge boost. So that stood out to me. Um, I think that was pretty much it. I think we pretty much cover everything I had in my notes today. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I know we got another practice before it, but, you know, quick preview on, uh, well, first of all, Jake Bailey was back. Jake Bailey, obviously Alex is a big punter guy and uh, Jake Bailey is uh, one of his, one of his guys, his binky. Um, Jake, Jake needs a bounce back here, Alex. Yeah, no, that's fair. And he's in a contract year. He's in a contract year. For some and, reason. And this was the I, best punter on the planet two years ago. And, um, you know, something right, happened. So, I don't know if he hits week one in a contract year. It just, they open up $4 million if they extend him. I don't know why they haven't done it. I, yeah, it's he was exp- hurt. It's expensive for a punter. What you're going to the second him. highest paid punter football. No, sure. He was hurt part of the year last year. He looked really good in the spring. He's looked really good now. I mean, he had that one kick, and I had him clocked over five on two of his punts, and then a third at four nine nine. He had one two because the the thing I love about Jake Bailey, I've loved since the draft. It's not just that he can kick the ball high, he can kick the ball far. The axis the ball spins on is so freaking weird. And if you're that's why 
that's why Bill always like left-footed punters. It's a reverse axis. The returner's not used to it. Higher chance he muffs it. Bailey's not a, a lefty, but he puts a unique spin on the ball. There was one that was just Tim Wakefield would have been impressed by this one. And Marcus Jones muffed it. All-American returner in college muffed it. Had to take a lap. Jake Bailey seems like he's picking up where he left off in 2020. And, and last year might have just been an injury thing. So it was really good to see that. He's been excellent. So that's I, I think he, he can get back to form. And he yeah. should extend it. Yeah, the uh, seeing Marcus Jones muff a punt gave me, you know, uh, gave me a uh, uh, Cy Jones uh, vibes, and I don't want to see that kind of thing. Uh, also, I put that. I think in a game, Marcus Jones lets that punt go. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. like. He had trouble just getting to that ball. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I do want to point out that Alex Barth is the only Patriots reporter down there with binoculars, a tripod, and a stopwatch. Um, a true triple threat when Full he covers service. Patriots practice. He's got it yeah. all, right? There's nothing There's nothing that Alex is uh it's what leaving. CLNS taught me. They made me a complete reporter. I appreciate it. <laughs> right, all the tools. He's got all the tools. Yeah. He can literally do it all. Um, so, again, like I said, we are going to wrap it up, but we're going to keep going with this stuff. Um, they are back Saturday. We'll see what kind of day that we have there and then monday gets super interesting uh we yeah. will have a couple new characters on this podcast um starting monday as well uh when they do uh when they do uh put the pads on so uh things you're most interested in seeing when the pads do go on for me i mentioned thornton i'm going to start with the rookies i mentioned thornton and you want to see strange um for sure because we're looking at him out there and again, I know we're a day early on our preview because they still have another practice right. before that. But I'm really eager to see Strange and his physical. We you mentioned his athleticism with catching punts in this. You know he's a good athlete. Everything about him profiles as an exceptional overall athlete. Does he have the size? Does he have the tenacity, the ferocity to be able to, you know, hold up there? Uh, it's a big, big question mark. So you really do want to see him uh, bang heads with people on the other side. What are you looking at? Yeah, so those two staying on the offensive line, Isaiah Wynn, how comfortable does he look at right tackle, new position? I think that's a key spot. Um, you mentioned Tyquan Thornton, other receiver, Devontae Parker. He's made all these, you know, really eye-catching, contested contact catch looks. Yeah. Can he still do that when the defensive backs can knock him around a little more? And then the linebackers, right? We've got this big you linebacker You can't get battle. anything out of linebackers in these drills. Nothing. You Right. right so now. once the pads... Yeah. Right. So, but, you know, that was... You know, at, might have been my the position battle I was anticipating the most with Raekwon McMillan, Cameron McGrone, Mac Wilson. I think there's a ton of upside there. Really exciting players. And yeah, uh, we, we learned a little bit about Raekwon in terms of his usage, but those guys really get it going on Monday. So those are the three groups uh, I'm really looking forward to watching with the pads. Yeah, that should be fun. Again, uh, as far as our coverage goes, you can uh, make sure if you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel where you're going to find all sorts of recaps, podcasts, um, clips down from uh, Gillette Stadium, uh, interviews and, uh, you know, our practice videos and all sorts of things. So just going to be nonstop coverage, kind of hitting that uh, YouTube channel. Subscribe, turn on your notifications. You'll be notified when we go live during the uh, during during the preseason, during the season, it's it's quite a lot uh, between the Patriots Beat podcast, post-game shows, Greg Bedard's podcast. Um, so there's a lot on this channel that you want to uh, make sure that you uh, keep up on. The best way to do that is subscribe. You can also follow us, Patriots CLNS on Twitter. I mentioned Alex. Again, all his good stuff over at 98.5 The Sports Hub, uh, both written and his video stand-ups that he's doing from the field out there. And, of course, his podcast, uh, which uh, has was just released with Doug Kide. Uh, formerly yep. uh, one of the Pats Beat reporters over at PFF right now. Um, so make sure you tune in to that. Uh, follow Alex Barth here on Twitter as well, at Real Alex Barth. Um, 
in that's it we're gonna wrap it like i said kind of a shorty but uh another day tomorrow and then full pads monday so keep it here we'll ha- we'll keep you updated with daily podcasts on the patriots beat